You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't remember. Mic one, two, mic one, two. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Remember the um, um, Mama, Ma- Mama Noche? We drank, because he had his Mama Noche yeah. still from the Craft Brewers Conference, yeah. and we drank the Mama Noche at the end of the night. That was in, <laughs> and like it was so bad, because honestly, it didn't taste as good then anyway, because it had been, it was that previous 1990, it was uh, June 2019, that we had that conference, and remember, we drank mine pretty soon, and it was amazing. It had faded quite a bit by what was that six months later? Yeah, it had faded a yeah. lot, and it wasn't near as good. Of course, our palates were kind of shot by then, but anyway, <laughs> I, we're probably a poor, but June, poor to, June to December, it shouldn't fade as much as it seemed like it did. Which but you was know, that was a blend of a one. blend of a blend, yeah. so you know. It, I, I I mean, touching that thing fresh was amazing, but I think it probably did have a pretty short... When bottled, it was given a short lifespan. Exactly. For sure. All right, we're back. Now, it has been like three months, I saw, because it was right before Thanksgiving, <laughs> but the... And we joked at the time, because someone said that they listened to our summer episode. We joked <laughs> that... We don't do just seasonal episodes, but yeah. No. Apparently, that was we our do. fall episode, and this is our winter episode. We're 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 back. We're so, we're alive and well. Yeah. And you know, I think that largely this happens because we all are now busier. The nice thing is, we don't really have a requirement to do it. We do it because we like to, and it's fun. But then, gosh, January was just. You know, Omicron spike, nobody could get together. Everyone was getting sick. Everybody. And like three weeks straight. I mean, yeah, it was sort of we were we were just home and we wouldn't travel, but we had no babysitters to rely upon if we wanted to go out. So, you know, that happened. So now we can kind of get back into a little bit of podcasting, hanging out, drinking some good stuff, talking about some good stuff, because there's been a lot of stuff happening. Um the, so this is uh, Evan here and Ryan and at Evans at, at my house. So uh, Pints and Provisions podcast. Thanks for joining, listening and uh, tuning in. The um, I think the Peoria beer scene is going to see uh, continued growth because um, honestly, and we talked to Adam at Evergreen Farm, but he's now opened and been there a couple times thus far. About three weeks after we recorded, three, maybe four weeks, right? Yeah. 
And I mean, he continues to churn and pump out lots of beers. He seems to be nonstop when it comes to making stuff. The communicating it on social media. Very good at communicating it on social media. The last time I was there, I had the Rogan beer, which is one of their collabs that they did with uh, Bearded Owl, and it was kind of one of those more malty lagers, light lighter beers. I think it was like four point something. Oh, wow. Very drinkable, especially in the winter months. It kind of gives you that crispness that you want, but a little bit more body that the wintertime kind of holds for you. So, Did you go with the fam? I took the boys, met Brian, a couple other friends out there, sat in their barn, or the, I should say the, like the yep. additional shed. Yep. Um, There's a few other tables in there that were full. Uh, Adam was, you know, very appreciative of, you know, us popping out there. He's such a, a kind and quiet guy. Yeah. And, you know, he, he uh, seemed to be doing pretty good that day. He was busy. Awesome. Yeah, we haven't been out there uh, yet. We've kind of put it on the docket for once the weather warms up and get a little more space for kids to run around and play in if, if we end up taking the kids or just taking a Friday night and maybe going there for a beer or two before going out to dinner somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Pretty convenient for where we live, so uh, we'll be making that happen here. Hopefully in the next month or two, we'll we'll see the uh, weather change. It's kind of the plan. Yeah, and I think that once the outside area is utilized, it'll be really nice for families. You can sit outside, fire pits, all that kind of good stuff. And um, we'll probably see more stuff at, uh, with him and Nick at Bearded Owl working together because I think they're uh, friends in this Peoria Beer community, so that's great. Um, and then... You know, Keller Station made an announcement that they're going to have a new brewery potentially as early as this summer. Um, I think you and I have always talked about seems like an amazing location yeah. for a brewery. Yep. Especially with what they're doing with the coffee scene out there. And we'll probably talk about their cocktail bar that just opened and they're adding restaurants and different things. So hopefully uh, you get you get that open in the early part of the summer. People will come there. On the trail, you yeah. know, walk over the bridge from Junction City, different parts of the, you know, town and whatnot. And I think, uh, I think, if they can get that place open in May or June, I think they'll get a lot of, lot of good foot traffic on top of everything else um, all summer long, and it'll get them going really quickly. Yeah, I'm just crossing my fingers that it's a lager brewery, you know, selfishly, um, or I, I, I would even go for seasonal. Just don't be a one-trick pony place yeah. that's like. I'm just going to do hazy IPAs and barrel-aged stouts, yeah. which doesn't really seem to fit the Peoria scene. But um, if you build it, they will come. If you build think, it, they will come. I think if you if you've got a good business plan and it's you know it's a fun place to go, um, don't just paint the walls gray and and not have any ambiance. If it's a fun place to go, I think people will go there and, and enjoy themselves. Yeah. So at least we've got some well, you know some good things to talk about when it comes to locally. Um, Black Band Distillery has continued to kind of grow their ability to be more than just uh, a cocktail bar and snacks. They've been doing great with meals, uh, dinners, uh, more substantial food. And, you know, their cocktails are great. Um, and honestly, their liquor's very good. Uh, and it's really nice to see that come out of the area. Yeah, we went, I think it was, uh, it was probably around Christmas. So definitely since we talked last and, uh, I mean, one of the best meals I've had in town probably in the last six months, their shrimp, shrimp and grits was just phenomenal. And they said they had someone that stopped in, they were traveling for work, and they were from Louisiana about a week before oh, we were wow. in there. And, and that person from Louisiana said, this is right on par with 
what you would have in in the uh, the Cajun South and the Creole land and whatnot. So um, very complimentary of it as well. So uh, we had a great time. You know, I, I don't know a ton about a lot of the spirits besides bourbon, so I couldn't tell you what a good gin tastes like or a good vodka or anything like that. Um, the cocktails were... Didn't they win some awards, though? I think so. For yeah. their gin yeah. and maybe their vodka, too? Their cocktails were terrific, so no complaints there. And their bourbon, which was only, I believe, a four-year, um, you know, I just had a little sip of that just to try it neat. I thought it was really, really flavorful. Um, I typically don't like bourbon if it's... You know, five years even, I think it's still, you can just taste the youth. You can taste the the uh, distillate pretty heavily. But uh, I thought they did a good job with that. So I'm anxious to see when, you know, a couple of years from now, when they start pumping out maybe a seven-year and an eight-year and things like that, that should be a lot of fun. And so far, I mean, with the food combination of drinks, um, I think they're uh, doing a great job and, and should be around for a long time. Yeah, they, um, they, they seem to get it. And they have Cody, who has very much been a significant presence when it comes to great food in town now, starting off with Ardor. I mean, have you have you done any of the Ardor like dinners with a small group? We have not. Y- you should do that. It's on our list. Yeah, yeah. you should do that. And it does, I don't think, you know, you can get a group of uh, friends and they do kind of a five-course meal. You bring your own wine, beer, cocktails, whatever you want. Oh, you want. bring your own for that? Yep. And, um, you know, I've been to a birthday party there, been to a holiday party there, and it, it's a great scene. You wouldn't maybe think of that when you go in there just to get your bread. And although they have more than just bread, they've got sandwiches and breakfast stuff. But anyway, um, he's doing the food over Black Band, so it's been great. Um, it's, been, it's been good to see things get back together, especially when it's just kind of been iffy here and there. And, you know, sometimes it's great to go out and sometimes it hasn't been so great to go out, but I think he's thriving because he's just got good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, we can't go on without kind of like our best food and probably also <laughs> drink. You know, you can call it drink, but we can just say beer, but drink. Yeah, mine's uh, mine's going to be a little tough. I'd like to go a bourbon, but um, I did very recently have a uh, BBT batch four. I'm trying to think of the year batch four, uh, 2020. So we've talked about that a lot on this, obviously uh, side project brewing out of St. Louis, um, beer barrel time. I was just saying, you know, I don't drink a ton of stout or super rare beer or anything like that at home. A lot of times I kind of just save a lot of that stuff for our shares and when we can get together, which, um, you know, certainly it's only, you know, two or three times a year at this point now that, now that we all have kids and a lot of busy schedules and whatnot. But, um, so, uh, still occasionally I'll, I'll pop one of those at home, uh, still to have probably a few too many beers in the cellar. So, uh, pop that, um, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago and it was terrific. Uh, still going through some of the bourbon County, um, kind of the second time through having those that we had, uh, I think that was in October with Pat. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, so I still really think that their uh, the cherry wood one is is terrific. I I got a couple extra of those, and I've had a few of those. So uh, other than that, not a ton of uh, not a ton of the stout drinking, but it's been fun kind of having one here or there. And you know, Saturday night if kids are asleep and just watching a movie or watching watching the Olympics. basketball game, maybe the Olympics. Um, even though ratings are down fifty percent. Um, Yikes. <laughs> or, Yikes. 
you know, we just had a, a, a long, busy football season. So uh, it's always just fun to just have kind of just crack something random and let it sit out for a half hour while you're cleaning up, doing dishes and all that. And then, yeah. uh, and then, you know, making a pour and, and just winding down for the night. Yep. Anything food related has been out of the. So food wise. So we went to, uh, about two weeks ago, we were in Costa Rica for five days. Um, celebrating your Annie, celebrating our five year anniversary. It was a lot of fun. Uh, did not take the kids and, uh, just relaxed. really did nothing <laughs> for five days. Enjoyed the peace and quiet, sat by the pool over on the ocean, um, sat out on the beach one day and the, uh, as everyone knows, the four seasons restaurants are, uh, highly, highly acclaimed. And there was a four seasons, basically a, a two mile shuttle ride from our hotel. So we went over there and had a couple dinners, um, and uh, honestly, one of the, the best nights was they just had like a traditional Costa Rican uh, dish that was on their menu. Yeah. So it was uh, a mix of, um, I, 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 don't, I don't have a menu to look at to even remember exactly right. what it was, but it was just, it was a special. They had like a flounder was the fish in there. Some uh, homemade chorizo was in there. It was kind of a mix of some meats and fishes with some veggies, um, almost kind of like a, like a, uh, Central American stir fry type of thing, um, kind of like a paella kind of thing, right? It's kind of like a paella, only not as uh, there's a there's a traditional name to it. I, I'm just not I'm drawing a blank to it, but uh, not as like saucy as a paella. Uh, but it was just fantastic. So just getting some traditional food there, and maybe I'll look up the name of it while. Uh, do you do you usually have Lizano available there? I don't think I'm familiar with that. Isn't that they're kind of like ketchup? It almost looks as dark as A1 sauce, but it's... I don't go for like that. like a salsa. I don't go for that in uh, different countries very often, so I'm not too familiar <laughs> no, it, with no, it. No, it's, it's, it's a branded. It's branded. So it's oh, like okay. safe. It's mass-produced. That is called Liz- Lizano. L-I-Z-A-N-O. They had a locally distilled uh, um, uh, liquor okay. that they make down there. It's I would call it somewhere in between like a vodka and... Maybe a gin, just not quite like junipery or anything like that. But um, whatever their their local distillate down there's uh, pretty darn good. So yeah. it was good just trying some cocktails with that and just kind of changing things up. And yeah, yeah, great food, great f- fresh fish, and all that stuff down there. Yeah. Um. As far I I, I want to give the Rogan beer at Evergreen Farm an honorable mention. Um, but. When I went to Michigan around New Year's, Farm Club still continues to stand out <clears throat> as a place that has some amazing, very kind of low ABV drinkable beers. In the summertime, they do have like a hazy that th- is really good. I think the last time it had like Idaho 7 and um, El Dorado or something. But in the, in the winter, they've had this Czech dark lager, which they will can, and it is... Everything you want it to be, not overly style. ABV, but it feels like it has so much body and you know so much roastiness to it that it's just incredible. And their food is really good too. But uh, I would I would probably give uh, Ardor and Cody's, you know, kind of like private dinner that they do there some of the best food I've had lately. And you know, we did that right before the holidays. And um, Brian, of course, our foodie and, uh, and that group of friends that we go there with or do that thing with is um was a part of it and i can't remember exactly everything because of course it's like a five course thing and we all do like a separate drink or cocktail for each course and it, i mean the food is just 
It's awesome. so good, and yeah. it's so inventive, and it's so unique. And he does still stick to a lot of local ingredients as best as he can. Um, but it, it still, I think, stands out as if you want a good, unique, uh, and intimate sort of dining experience, that kind of is the way to go. And they make it pretty easy. I think they book up really fast in the winter. I mean, I think he was doing those almost like every night. And selling uh, out pretty in, quickly. In December. Yeah. So uh, if, if you get a chance to do it, that's great. Yeah. So. The dish I'm referring to is Casado. Casado. Yeah. Casado. And what it just says here, um, if you order one, you can expect to be served a plate that contains the following. Rice, beans, salad, tortillas, fried plantano. And a meat, beef, pork, chicken, and or fish or a combination. Wow. So, and then it usually has like some fresh lime juice and, and a sauce. So that's kind of what it was. And it was just terrific getting all that kind of in a big bowl. Nice. So what else is going on? Well, modern times had some problems. Poor, poor, poor brewery. Um, and I'm sure that that just kind of is a product of you grow too fast, too big, especially in this time of, you know, a pandemic where things kind of shrink in terms of visiting places that, you know, they shuttered a handful of their places along the West Coast. The Oregon one, uh, I think the San Diego one was still intact. Yep. But we all know how good their stuff is. Monster Tones, Modem Tones. Um, I mean, their hazy IPAs were always really good. Uh, they're... they're their coffee, of course, is a yeah. big staple yeah. of their brand. It was just sad to see because, of course, I'm sure that affected a lot of people financially yeah. uh, in terms of jobs where they just sort of shut down real quickly. That was pretty big news because that's a big name out on the West Coast. Yeah, I think the uh, the other ones they shut down, downtown Los Angeles, that was a big one. Um, and then Santa Barbara yeah, was another one. one. But um, did you end up reading the full announcement? That they had on their link in their bio. Uh, I didn't. I didn't remember everything. In okay, because it. it was. I really appreciated that they they got pretty vulnerable. I thought um, just very open and honest. You know, you you see a lot of places shut down, and oftentimes it's literally like on Google they just don't have a a business anymore, or they right. put a sign on their door saying you know closed for good or something like that. And here, and granted, obviously they're not closed for good, so maybe that's part of it. But they basically said that. Uh, you know, when they were in the hole, um, you know, due to overinvesting in things, they tried to open up a new pub, open up a new business to help offset that. And hopefully the profits from that new business could help fill, fill the hole a little bit. And they just expanded too quickly and just have to call it, call it quits on that. Otherwise yeah. they're just going to keep bleeding. So you got to appreciate them doing that. I think, you know, we talked about it as a group, you know, a couple days ago and, and, uh, the craft beer industry grew extremely fast. We've talked about it a lot on here, you know, over the years since we've been doing this. And, yeah. and uh, certainly there's just breweries that at some point, you know, that their stuff's not going to sell on a shelf. And um, I think that they grew to a point where you could find them very easily in Chicago, even here. Yeah, you can get it at Benny's. And out even further east. And I think that, you know, I, I never had a good IPA from them yeah. that I bought locally. Right. Now... Right. On draft at Modern Times or Fine. in California, Perfect. their stuff Lovely. is terrific. Their 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 IPAs are great. I think they've done some good lagers. Um, obviously, we love their barrel aged stouts, but I think they just mass produced a lot of certain beers, and they 
probably didn't uh, last very long from a freshness standpoint. And so when you're drinking a two or three month old can, uh, you know, especially in Chicago, those people can find way better stuff every single day of the week. Yeah, and and so I'm, I just think it's... I'm fully aware that if I go to Benny's and I see that on the shelf, I know the brand, I know it should be good, but I also could turn around and find phase three. Yeah. Or now you can get Hot Butcher. Hot Butcher. I mean, I, I, I bought Half Hot Butcher Acre. a couple of weeks ago. There was 10-day-old IPA Hot Butcher. I mean... I mean that's terrific spoiled, to be able to find on the shelf. We're spoiled that Chicago has so many great options that we can pick from that don't that that are going to have a lot of overlap with these places that are trying to send. And walking up and down the aisle at Benny's can be overwhelming these days. And Benny's will do a better job than anybody at keeping <clears throat> dates and stuff fresh yeah, and definitely. turning stuff over, which isn't necessarily true for all yeah. places in town. And that's why I usually go there to look for what I want. But and your still, smaller stores probably can't afford to. No. That's why I still default to, you know, semi-local regional ones. Like, yeah. you know, you can always pick up a fresh thing of uh, Alpha King or, um, you know, Zombie Dust. Yep. And it's, it's still, it's hard to beat. Yeah. It's just hard to beat. Yeah. So it's uh, it's unfortunate. I think it's a culmination of just the industry. Um, it's probably... Uh, Kind of in a, a kind of in a, a combination of the the perfect storm or yeah, the negative side of it, where storm. they were at the peak of their industry in eighteen nineteen probably, and then COVID probably just pulled things back on all these businesses much 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 quicker than maybe it was going to happen. You can't make up money if you want people to be showing up at tap rooms and restaurants when right. You know, things are closed, open, when, closed, especially open. in California. A lot more closed businesses more there closed. than than other states and things like that. So it's... Uh, unless, you're, unless you're the governor going to the French Laundry. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> anyway. also true. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, so... It was good to hear, though, when that when you first started reading it, it was like, oh, my gosh, modern time. Like, yeah. Because you, you, you almost kind of sit back and think, okay, who's the first big-name place that's just going to close for good, right? And we really haven't seen that totally. They've sold to bigger businesses, rebranded, stuff like that. But we haven't seen, like, a place that was once a top 25 brewery in the U.S. just closed because they expanded too quickly or their yeah. demand just fell off. We've certainly named some places uh, that we think are candidates for that, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what you felt when you first started reading it. And then as you read through it, it's like, okay, it's about, uh, I don't know, three out of three out of their eight or four out of their nine are staying open. They start in San Diego. All of that in San Diego um, is staying open. Their Anaheim spot, which I think was one of their first like expansion that pubs, closing. that one's staying open. Oh, and I that is it. a beautiful, beautiful spot. So that one actually should do very, very well as long as businesses continue to open back yeah. up post pandemic. So hopefully the future is still plenty bright for them. Um, they make really good beer. The ownership still knows what they're doing. So hopefully it's just kind of shrinking things down for a little bit and maybe they never expand again. But, um, I think we'll still see good beer coming out of modern times for, for the foreseeable future. So Yeah, we just might have to travel out there to go yep. get it, which is fine by me because that's what you want. You want that kind of place when you go out to San Diego, and San Diego is not poor for you know great breweries, but right. that's always like one you kind of put on the top of the list. Like, for I sure. Go visit this one. Yeah, So especially when you add the coffee to it. You know. Yeah, it's like you go there, you start your day off with a little espresso and buy a bag of beans, and then yep. you can move over to the, you know, the tap room. So... Um, but yeah, we haven't had any, we, we, even though the, the, the industry is going to change a ton because of this, because, 
you know, having breweries make a bunch of kegs and stuff for uh, restaurants and bars is shifted now to tons of availability because everybody's drinking from home now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always have other reasons because I'm drinking home, which is kids and kids' activities. I'm not out and about as easily. Right. Still sure. am, but not as easily. Um, and that's why I think when I go out, I tend to gravitate towards, you know, cocktails and wine because those have shelf lives of crazy, like long periods of time. And where I don't know how long that keg of beer has been, you know, in the refrigerator downtown at the local restaurant that I want to go to. Or, but when sh- or when their hoses were clean When last. their hoses were clean last. And, you know, you know the places that will be do- doing fine, and yeah. those are our breweries usually. But not always with some of the bars uh, or restaurants, it's the same. And that's why it's like, okay, like expand it, you know, the ability of to enjoy an E.H. Taylor, a Weller, a Old Fashioned, uh, a glass of Turnbull, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, you think about a place like Dovetail, kind of on almost the opposite end of the spectrum, where Dovetail, during the pandemic, started canning their beer as they were just basically a tap room, maybe a little bit of local canning. And they said, okay, we're going to can more and expand our distribution very quickly. So we saw Dovetail for basically the full year of 2020, maybe a little bit of 2021 on our shelves down here. So they decided to go, you know, a 150 to 300 mile radius to expand very quickly because they just needed to get their product going and, and keep selling it. Then Chicago starts opening back up and then they shrink that back down. Like they just kind of did this little elastic type of uh, distribution expansion and then they pulled back and then they're just selling it locally to all these restaurants that now can start serving their beer on draft. And just like the places that just didn't have maybe quite that level of of flexibility or just were too big and just, you know, they're smart. Could modern times have expanded to Vegas and Palm Springs and stuff like that? Like it just would have been too complicated probably for their level of business. But a place like Dovetail just thrived because of it. They, well, they know it. They, they know, they know, that their product can't travel that far. And they know the wheelhouse of that place and its expansion. You know, it, that's a very fickle product. You know, uh, a lot of these things and IPAs are, you know, fairly shelf stable. Lagers and stuff aren't, aren't not necessarily as shelf stable. And so they kind of know the limits of their product. Yeah. And I loved it when you could walk downtown or walk down to Benny's, and you can get, <clears throat> you know, the Hellas or something like that. And now you just don't see it. And they've kind of contracted a little bit. Definitely. But that gives me more motivation to go up there and try it. Still, uh, I think even in the suburbs, it's not the easiest to find. I think they can, you know, Gosh. a couple times a week, you can definitely see it on the shelf. But I think they sell now it Now talking about it, I'm just like pining for... It's crazy. Can I get that at the Blackhawks game on Sunday? Do they have Hellas Lager? I think they do. I oh think they do. Oh my gosh. They yeah. have that at the United Center? Yeah, I think they do. All right, I'm so. They do a good job. I'm a uh, they do a good Local job of beer beers. at the UC. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. But then we're gonna stop at Goldfinger on the way home, because I want to get plenty I, of good beer. I would I, like a couple crawlers I, too while you're up there. Please. I will do everything that I can to get as much as I can. That's uh, physically allowed by you know my um, my car at least. So no, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Um, well, that's you know it's 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 a change ever changing scene so far, and uh, you know I think that. It, there's still plenty of good stuff to find on the shelf, which I am always, you know, still, you know, amazed that these days you can find so much good stuff on the shelf. Now, bourbon, on the other hand, where we all struck out at the um, local UFS raffle online last year. Not we didn't all strike out. This oh, year. Y- that's right. You <laughs> didn't strike out this year. What do you What do you know in terms of um, 
ticket sales. Do you know how many tickets that they sold? Probably not. I don't. Supposedly, I I I do remember hearing a number, but supposedly last year they sold like fifteen thousand tickets. I mean, last year was insane. I it think. was insane. They you didn't could tell from the year? range of numbers, and I think they pulled back and sold like six hundred this year or something. Really? Yeah, way less, way less. So oh. almost, you know, before remember before. There was about 150 oh. bottles and 300 tickets. You basically, if you had a ticket, you had a 50% chance yeah. of walking out with a really, really nice bourbon. I think they this year it was closer to like six, 700 tickets from what someone kind of calculated. So you still had like a one in four, one in five chance of winning something. But obviously some people win multiple and some people win zero. And that's just kind of how it works. But How many um, bottles were allocated? I think Two about 150 minutes? again okay. was the number. Yeah. I mean, it was a... I don't. I, I, it was a big list. I mean, yeah. Of the Van Winkles, I mean, there and, was. And you got. I got a Pappy fifteen, and a Lot B Van Winkle twelve year. Oh, that's always good. Have you had the fifteen? I haven't opened either yet. For what we were about to probably talk about with how hard it is to get these stuff, so. Um, Harder. I'm going to wait for a little bit more of a special occasion than than I probably would have a couple of years ago. Because remember. Five years ago, we came home from that UFS raffle, and we usually came to my house because it was on the way home for everyone. And if someone won something, we used to open it that night. I remember <laughs> the year house. that you guys were holding some, and you had to turn bottles away because I had won like four bottles that year. Yeah. What did I turn away? Like a 20-year Canadian club or something? I was yeah. like, no, I don't need that. Yeah. I kind of regret that. Yeah. Like, why not? would have been a fun one. There's it would have been a fun there's one. There's some ones I look back, and I'm like, gosh, there's probably some fun ones that I turned away over the years that... And now we're just like, you know, scrambling maybe to get a Can bottle. Can you get anything? But, you know, this year at least, like, I didn't have to watch it. Um, and then they posted, you know, bottles and which numbers. So it was easy to go through. It's like, okay, yeah. I didn't win anything. Or, okay, I did. Um, but it was, it was, I'm glad to hear that it was a little bit more like usual, which. And I am glad that they didn't have it in person because I was a little worried that just, the way businesses in town are and things that that would have been the very worst they were time. just going to try to cram everyone in and do that get back in person because that's what people want and it's like they did the right thing in doing it online and yeah being able to look at the ticket numbers the next day was much Probably better a lot easier for them to just do it online too yeah and not have that mass of people down yeah. there for other reasons and then they can still tell their jokes while they're on Facebook Live and it's still almost, get all that in all their almost, plugs it's almost worse <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, it seems like there were uh, a lot of good bottles, and I didn't win any. And it's tough to get good stuff now. And, you know, secondary market value on these is astronomical compared to the way beer... And beer is really tapered off in that yeah. regard. Yeah. And I think that that's where you know, it's kind of traveling over to things like bourbon. Now, there's probably good reason for that. It's more shelf-stable. Um, it lasts longer, typically. You know, if you're going to open a bottle, it's going to last you a while. Whereas if we open one of these stouts between two or three people, it's gone. Yeah. Um, I also wonder if the craft beer demographics just stayed, not maybe not demographics, but the age group that got into it in 2013, 2012 to 2017, if there just wasn't the same age of people, like 35, 30 to 35 year olds got into it in 2012, but in 2017, there was no 30 to 35 year olds. It was 35 to 40. Yeah. It was just the same people that were all in it. And so maybe there's a little bit of fatigue going on 
Um, well, certainly people, when we first started, you know, we didn't have kids, um, could get together more often and crack bottles together and things like that. And so now that you have kids and you just kind of have stuff at home, it's easier to just have a little pour of bourbon instead of a 22 ounce bomber of, of barrel aged stout or something like that too. I think that probably goes in a little bit to it, but my brother's five years younger than me and he never spent an ounce trying to get rare, rare, uh, craft beer or doesn't know what side project is or anything like that. So, well, and you're still going to have a place like side project always going to be tough. Yeah. You know, like the exclusive is exclusivity and the quality. I mean, you just can't beat that. Right. And a lot of the stuff that they have had been set in motion two, three years ago that they're coming out with now. Yeah. So, you know, it may change in the upcoming two to three years, but I think for now, yeah, I think that the demographic or the age group that you now see like us that at that time, which maybe you had one kid, maybe you had none and you were able to travel a little bit easier. You go to the breweries, you go to bottle releases, you go to ticketed things and events where first you don't have those as much anymore, but second, they may not see the value in that. That group doesn't like beer as much as we do. Yep. They like maybe cocktails, but they like, you know, seltzers. They may like more sweet things because they're kind of chasing flavor a little bit differently. Not saying that's wrong. It's just different. Yep, definitely. And that may not be where beer is. But, um, you know, the beer industry is very elastic. I mean, they they can morph at least, you know, breweries that now, I mean, lager breweries are always going to be fine. Yep. <laughs> that's where I think... Eventually, you get to the point. They've shown their resilience over the last five years, for sure. I think you just see that people like us, after you taste flavor, 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 after a while, you're like, what does a beer-flavored beer taste like? It's like, well, that's what I really want. Where these are great, these are fine. But ultimately, like when I want to grab something in the fridge, I just want like a beer-flavored beer. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I mean, Beer's not lager house. (laughs) I I just want those cans in my fridge at all times. As soon as you said that, as soon as I started talking about it, I was like, I want beer stod. I've got one more in my fridge. I've been... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been looking at it for Did about you get three it recently? weeks. Three I got weeks, it, you got to drink that. I got it in uh, either October or November. I got like a twenty-four pack or something like that, and and the first, Ooh. the first eighteen went very quick, and then uh, it's been trying to savor the rest of them. I think I'm down to one, and I need to get a fresh shipment once uh, the weather uh, warms up a little bit for for shipping beer. So, what should we have in terms of bourbon right now? We've got a couple up here. You decide. The E. H. Taylor. You've got a Weller. Store picks. Ooh, some store picks. Well, you decide, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what we've been drinking here, because we may actually yes. have one more beer to crack just to do one little taster. But uh, we uh, actually, we have stuck with Barrel-Aid Stout for a couple of the tastes so far. Um, a beer called Beaumont by Aslan probably came out in 2017. So certainly it's a little past its life. We, uh, we drank this on a podcast shortly after it came out while we were brewing beer in the garage here and uh yes, we it were. is an imperial stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with vanilla beans 18 percent alcohol by volume um this thing went fresh we said it competed with the best uh versions of bourbon county goose island vanilla rye and it was and some of the best vanilla beers we'd ever had it's definitely faded a little bit you yeah. can taste some oxidation um you can taste the booze for sure. Definitely some nice subtle vanilla. So it's still a really, really good beer. Um, <laughs> I think we, we drank this and loved it and then bought one online. I don't know, six months later 
and then the pandemic hit and very quickly, um, different kids priorities and things put this in my fridge for two years. And so we probably missed a little bit on its, on its shelf life, but still a really good beer, fun one to, to try. Glad we, uh, we finally got a chance to drink it. So then we shifted over to Weldworks Brewing out of Greeley, Colorado. We talk about them quite you, a bit too. You got you gotta like on the label, it'll tell you the percentages of what that's made of. So this is their five year anniversary beer, um, the Media Noche Premier Volume Two. So like Evan mentioned, he drank volume one on New Year's Eve a few years back. This is volume I two. I could still taste it then. <laughs> and volume two has thirty three percent of stout aged twenty four months in fourteen year bourbon barrels. 17% aged 21 months in 12-year apple brandy barrels. So we're talking about that first 50% really uh, a mixture of bourbon and apple brandy barrels aged for almost two years. Then you get down to a breakdown. Really, the rest is um, 17, 17, 17 months or percent, sorry, aged uh, 18 months in maple syrup bourbon barrels, aged 19 months in Heaven Hill, Old Fitz 11-year bourbon barrels, and then a double barrel age for 16 months in an 11 month, 11 year bourbon barrel <laughs> for 8 months there's going to be a quiz later then toasted and then um in a virgin american oak barrel for the next 10 months so um quite the combination um sometimes i read these and i say did they did they just get too complicated with it or or is it necessary to give this level of detail? Because, you know, Corey King probably, when when blending for side project, does a crazy percentage of mixture in barrels and types and things like that. But I would trust Weldworks. Oh, I trust them too. I'm just wondering, Yeah. do we really need to know these specifics? Sometimes it's just a yeah. little bit, I don't know. Maybe if I was drinking this alone and not on the microphone, it's like, yeah, it's kind of fun to read while you're just kind of hanging out alone. But otherwise, it's just like, ah... This is the point. It's, at, it's just a little bit complicated. This is the point at which people start tuning out. They're like, uh, a lot of numbers. Um, but needless of, to say, it's it's a it's a it's a blending. It's a it's an art here. Yeah. Um, it is cool to see that on writing. I bet to this, see the blending process. I bet this was better fresh. I think it's a little oxidized. I was gonna say I, the first thing I tasted was just some little chalkiness, and that definitely comes through with uh, with some oxygen. Yeah. But 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 otherwise. But I mean, it's 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 held up. I think better than that Beaumont, which it should, because it's less old. Yeah. Um. I think this is probably like a twenty twenty. That's a twenty twenty because twenty twenty one we also have, and that's in the smaller bottle. That's right. So you know and that's in my fridge that we do have shared. So we still have a couple. And I've more kept that cold shared. ever since I had it. So it's it's at least as good as it could have been. Yeah. Um. I I still love what they do. Um. That was one of our favorite uh, pandemic uh, time podcasts was with Neil. And oh, when, yeah. when, remember when Daniel like popped in and had the Tiger King and That's terrific. <laughs> awkward and terrific. Awkward, it was a lot of perfectly fun. awkward yeah. because Neil is just like being nice about it. And he's just like, what did I decide to get in on? <laughs> Who are these guys? Yeah. But that was kind of the first beer related pandemic hit to us was, uh, we had just won tickets to that event. Oh gosh. And then yeah. everything shut down and, we're kind of like, was, there's no way beer festivals in May or June will be canceled, right? No, no way. And then and like a week or two later, I everything started getting canceled. All you and along. I started to talk about whether or not to book flights. Yeah. We were like, all right, let's get ready. 
And I swear that was like days before. Very close. Shut down. And then it was just like, oh, just maybe said, we'll be let's okay. Just wait a, let's, let's wait a wait. week. Let's see what happens. And next thing you know. And Boom. then they tried to do it in October still. And then I think they finally made the right I don't call. think we ever talked about booking flights for that in October. Kind of no. like, this that, thing. this thing's not going away anytime soon. No, but... I'm sure we didn't think we'd still be worrying about it in 2022, but we we knew pretty quickly that the October one was not going to happen. So what'd you pick for us here? Each Taylor single barrel, hundred proof, bottled in bond, and this one is a store pick by Mission Wine and Spirits, barrel number seventy one. Where's Mission Wine? I think it's in San Diego. Okay. I got it from a guy in California. But who knows? Maybe he got it from someone in Florida. Never know. I Did you pour that? Uh, I have, Oh, you have the Blantons. I just had a tiny, tiny little pour of Blantons straight from the barrel because Evan and I have a debate on how flavorful and hot it is. Um, I still really like it. This is. I think you should go back to it. All right. This is... This is floral. It's floral. It's earthy. And I like in it. In a good way? Yeah, in a good way. Not like floral like a Japanese whiskey because, you know, I do like a good Japanese whiskey. But those are just super floral. Like bouquet floral, um, potpourri floral, but in a good way. This is kind of rustic floral or maybe rustic earthy is what I want to say. Maybe not as much floral, but I do get a little floral notes to this. But I, I, I like it. It's not harsh. It's no, I, yeah, I could really easy. Drinking. Totally drink this. Well, it's good. It's hundred proof, but you could totally, yeah. you don't need an ice cube. You don't need, I don't even think you need water in this. It's just completely no. neat and it's great. It's good enough that I don't, Think of it as a uh, a bourbon that I want to go to with a cocktail. No, it's uh, probably borderline. Um, I maybe a highball, maybe a highball. That's true because then you um, don't lose a ton of flavor out of it. You just sort of yeah. dilute it and kind of give it a little uh, effervescence and, and kind of open it up. Yeah, this summer I went through, um, and these are still probably too good of bourbons to drink in a cocktail, but uh, some mint juleps with uh, Four Roses picks. Um, some of the the high rye Four Roses picks just added some awesome spiciness to the mint julep. Uh, a very bourbon-forward cocktail that I, I try to make, and this would go well with that too, but I think it's probably... Um, I, I think you just, you just got a lot of flavor going on that I don't think would open up as much if you poured it into a cocktail. And I'm just... I'm not as... I'm still working on my bourbon palate when it comes to tasting notes. Um, I need the wheel <laughs> to yeah, talk about it properly. <laughs> but I do feel... Which I have had to pull out for my Four Roses uh, tournament that's going on. Oh, tell me about the Four Roses tournament. <laughs> the Tournament of Roses? Is that it's you kind of the it? Tournament of Roses. I, I don't think I started it on... The granddaddy of I them all? I should have started on the Rose Bowl. I didn't See? even think about that. The granddaddy of them all. And I probably started it two weeks later after that, too. I'm not creative enough, but... I think I've talked about it over time that Four Roses is one of my favorite distilleries or probably my overall favorite, I would think now. What family are they in? Four, four Roses. They're their own. They're their own. Yeah. Okay. The, the bourbon tree sometimes confuses me. But. Yeah. I mean, outside of... You got, you basically, you have Heaven Hill, Wild Turkey. Willet. Willet. Four Roses. And um, 
uh, did I say Heaven Hill? And Buffalo Trace. And Buffalo Trace, yeah. yeah. Those are kind of the main big ones, at least off the top of my head that I'm thinking of. Because um, I would not put MGP in that category. Or um, wait, Bur- Buffalo Trace is Sazerac. Well, yeah. That's the that's the overarching. I believe so, yeah. They still use Buffalo Trace Company on their labels. But yeah, right. Sazerac is the owner of them. I got some really fun Sazerac socks oh, in yeah. New Orleans because I went to the Sazerac house and they basically sell like, you know, their Sazerac rye. But I got pairs of, and they have, you know, Sazerac cocktails on them. It is hilarious. My patients are like, did you bring those, uh, those, those cocktail socks today? Like, they're just so fun. Or they're like, can you hand out the little shooters with when you wear your Sazerac <laughs> socks to all your customers after they have LASIK surgery? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Four Roses is probably my favorite just across the board of, of everything they do. I mean, you know, when you talk about Buffalo Trace, obviously you're going to be thinking Pappy and yeah, and the BTAC lineup and all that. But across the board, um, their small batch limited edition is one of my favorite releases every year. Their store picks, I just think, are phenomenal. And when I really first started getting into bourbon, you could find these. I always sh- have that small batch select in my... And the small batch select I've had here great once. Great cocktail, great cocktail. That's a bourbon. good cocktail bourbon. Yeah, those picks used to be on the shelf all the time. That Tito's is pretty sweet over there. Too. <laughs> and it was a great, great, great bourbon to be able to find on the shelf when all these others were flying off, yeah, or never even getting put on the shelf. So over the years, probably a three, four year process, I collected the small batch limited to limited edition from 2015 to 20. 21. So this is where the tournament is. So this is where the tournament is. I acquired a bottle of their Al Young, which was a special uh, barrel, basically a barrel pick of their master distiller in 2017 from their 2017 small batch limit edition. So that one is just kind of a special of the special ones. And then their 2013 is kind of one of their highly acclaimed. So I did... Uh, have a friend send me a two ounce sample of the 2013 so I could have a tournament of all of these uh, combined. So I did advance a couple of the overly hyped ones to the semifinals, um, but basically tried three side by side and picked the one or two favorite. Um, So out of six, the first six I tried, uh, I pulled the best three out they faced three overhyped ones, um, and then now I'm down to the final three. So long story short, the 2015, the 2019, and Al Young are the finalists. So, so define define the overly hyped. Well, I don't. I guess overly hyped is probably the uh, the wrong phrasing. Or, or but, hyped. Um, when you compare. <laughs> There's there's a, a set secondary level on on many of the bottles, but then when you get uh, 2013 is incredibly high, 2015 is incredibly high, and Al Young's incredibly high. So I said, oh, okay. all right, I'm just going to advance these to the second round of the tournament. If they're already hyped up big time, I don't want to do one extra pour, and I don't also have nine bourbons to try. I don't want to be drinking all nine of these for too long. So right. speed up the process a little bit, also eliminate some of the time um, and some of the ounces on on the tournament for some of these pours. So uh, 2015 and the Al Young lived up to the hype. The 13 did not, but I will say it was in um, one of those glass bottles and maybe it just got oxidized either just by going into one of those little bottles or maybe the person that sent it to me, maybe he had, has hit, had his bottle open for 
three, four, five years or something. So it had lost a little bit, but 2013 was not up to uh, the standards that I was expecting. But so we'll be drinking uh, those three side by side here in the next couple of weeks and trying to figure out who the winner is. And it doesn't mean anything who wins, but I'll at least kind of have a good, uh, good story to tell. Are you able to do these blind or not? I could, um, I may do them blind, but I haven't so far because yeah. I can, I feel like I can do them very much unbiased. Um, you know, just set them up and kind of drink them, do a decent size pour. And then I can, you know, like I had 15, 16, 17, one, one day. And so I do pour a 15 and then have a sip of 16, kind of think about which one's better and then drink 17 and drink 16, kind of mix and match a little bit and trying to figure out what you like. Yeah. And another good thing about bourbon where you can have these multiple nights, you can set it out for two, three, four hours. You're not going to get a difference in, you know, in the flavors and things like that. So able to drink them side by side fairly easily. Wow. That's hot. I mean, that's the Blanton's. Just, it's really, really, <laughs> do you want to trade? I would love another bottle of straight from the barrel. I drank mine in only a couple months. I went you know very quickly. What I probably on it. need to do is drink this in like, you know, I'm I I am I don't care. I don't mind putting ice in it. I don't doesn't bother me. But I need to probably sip on I I I, I kind of do what 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 a lot of people do is I kind of stick to one or two bottles for a while. And then I haven't really touched this for a while. So, but I think that this definitely needs, do you think that this is truly markered written or printed? Basically like the designation of dumped on from barrel number in warehouse. I think it's printed. It's probably printed. Yeah. I think it's correct. I think it's accurate. No, no, no. But, but I think when they run it down the line, I think they have a way to print that. Yeah. But, you know, Blanton's obviously has its own level of hype and different opinions out there on the market. Um, yeah, it does. People, the gold people is a really tro- just don't love Blanton's. It's kind of like I was trying to I was talking to someone about this with with beer the other day, and it was kind of like maybe comparing Bourbon County, yeah, and within the beer snob world, where there's regular some people, Bourbon County, there's some people that are just just will hate on it and just no, oh, that's all of that's just garbage. None of it's good. But it's just not true. <laughs> That's good. That's a good in in you know like regular Blantons is kind of like regular Bourbon County. Yeah, it's it's not fine. Always, it's fine. It's not always hard to find. Um, it's definitely good in a pinch. But when you go to some of the variants, then that's where the money is. Yeah. I, gold and straight from the barrel. Gold I mean, I haven't is. tried that Japanese uh, black label, but the gold and straight from the barrel, I just think are fantastic. And I mean, they're still decently hard to find. So. I think it um, just needs to breathe a little bit. I just the the straight from the barrel. I just think there's a really nice like mapley brown sugar to it that just pops. Um, like I said, you know, 130 proof, and I drank that one very very quickly. Wow. That uh, we I finally got it down to about a third of the bottle. We drank that for Thanksgiving one night too. Well, all right, you've motivated me. I'll revisit it more often, but I'll probably put some. A little bit of water, a little bit of ice. I think you could it. do a little water. Do a little water drop or even like half an ice cube. Yeah. I like, I, like, a little bit. I like a little ice in it. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, should we just try this uh, dearest 
Oh, yeah. Anna, let's do that real quick. Anna, Anna. And then we can cheers and wrap up. Then we can wrap up because we have um, been able to visit, revisit a lot of, you know, good topics that we haven't been at for a while. I mean, honestly, we haven't been able to drink together for a little while. Um, and I think that the holidays have kind of made that a problem. I mean, not a problem, but, you know, we're all busy on the holidays. We are all hanging out with family. We're all doing different things. We're all uh, typically traveling to places. And January is just sort of a month that kind of not a lot happens. And I think that because there was such, you know, terrible COVID going around that really not much was going on, or at least socially. Yeah. So, but we'll, we got to get back to the club and go out to dinner. I want to finish your glass. Yes. So we, uh, we were able to get a bottle. This was sold on site only at Triptych Brewing in, what are they? Are they Urbana? Savoy. I always Savoy. forget that. Savoy, Illinois, uh, near the, the University of Illinois. Uh, this is an imperial stout. So this is a fresh release. They've done this, I think, once or twice before. But uh, supposedly this one, um, they age for a little bit longer. It doesn't have the details, but 17.7% alcohol content. Imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels 17. with... 17.7? They mean... Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Bourbon barrels with Madagascar vanilla beans and coffee. So, um, yeah, it's in a 12... 12-ounce bottle, red wax, kind of a nice labeling. They did a pretty good job here. So we're just going to have a little bit of a drink here real quick and yep. call this a night. So um, final topic then, Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> you tell me. I loved it. I Absolutely heard, loved it. I heard 50 Cent became a dollar. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, you remember when he came here to Peoria to sell his cognac at High V? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Curtis Jackson has made some very smart business decisions. Absolutely. He is a smart business guy. He probably just can't devote as much time to working out anymore. I don't know. Maybe he got the, uh, he didn't get so quarantoned, yeah. you know, that everyone maybe else did. But um, that was that was fun to see. That was good to see. There's always a surprise when they do these lineups. And uh, he certainly was the surprise. I mean, I think we all wanted Tupac to come out when yeah. California Love was playing. So um, I didn't see the whole halftime show, so I, I got to be honest. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. And this week on my to-do list is to watch it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Eminem is... My gr- kids were... Uh, they picked the they picked uh, Super Bowl Sunday to be the worst uh, behaved of the year. So yeah, I literally did not that. see a second of it until about two or three minutes into the third quarter. Okay. I was able to rewind and watch Eminem, which was fantastic. But the, uh, Dre, the YouTube TV Dre, Snoop. recording or whatever kind of screwed up, and I couldn't see all of it. So yeah, Eminem was awesome, and everything I've heard on podcasts this Mary week, everyone's very excited about the whole crew that they... Kendrick Lamar kind of brings in the, the newer yeah. you know scene, and I think that he's obviously super talented. Um, I like all the jokes about uh, how when we were growing up, you know, we hated seeing Super Bowl Sunday because our parents were getting excited for Rolling Stones and ZZ Top. And and now we're really excited about it. But then the people that are 10 or 15 years old are complaining that. And the people who are like (laughs) 10 or 15 years old are 30 to 45. Don't even know who these people are. I'm like, you know, respect your elders. I am in that generation now. Respect your elders. 
No, I, so. it was it was everything that that I think we all that anticipated and wanted that one uh, and were excited for. It was everything it should have been. Yeah, it's fun. I'm glad they did that. I when it first came out, I thought it was a joke because I was like, "There's no way that all that these guys the committee will well that they'll all do it together and that the committee will like." approve this kind of music for the whole show there was a lot of da 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 sometimes they kind of <laughs> blended in with something else and i was like oh then when it really became real i was like this is really cool this yeah. is a great concept and yeah it sounds like the reviews are just really really yeah. positive and they'll just build upon that for probably the future years oh yeah now you can hear all their stuff everywhere yeah all right did you take a sip of this you don't have to i oh, can just you didn't pour it I washed my glasses. I didn't know you finished your glass yet. Sorry. <laughs> the dearest Anna. Anna. Looks like it's still kind of bubbly. So take a quick sip. Um, my my opinion is I think the flavors are really, really nice. Oh, um, yeah. The vanilla's great. It's very thin. Yeah. Now, maybe Doesn't you get that. Doesn't always have to be thick. Agreed. Maybe you get that a little bit in these really high AB, ABV beers. But ABV should translate into more like viscosity or sort of mouthfeel. Usually a lot more alcohol you should feel. And that's okay. Yeah. They don't always have to be motor oil, weldworks thickness. Right. But good flavors. The vanilla is really, uh, really nice. Yeah, they did a good job with this. I'm, I, I was able to get a second bottle, and I don't know if this will age that well. Um, I probably won't let mm-hmm. it sit for two years. but. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and finally... So I was supposed to yeah, it's go to my friends in St. Louis, and we were supposed to brew together. We had the plans to brew, brew a huge the stout batch. One of his god, kids got sick with COVID, so we didn't go. And he brewed like a madman one day, brewed 15 gallons of beer. Oh, my gosh. Was able and procured a barrel from Journeyman. Oh, my. And he filled it. Filled the whole thing. Was able to fill the whole thing. So I didn't have any part in this. Just a base stout? Yeah, I sent him the base stout that we used a year ago. Okay. And he probably made some tweaks himself because he's a you know a smart guy. Wow. And so we'll see. But he, he entering, was able to, entering uh ABV is what? Mm, I think he Nine? was close to twelve. Oh, twelve, okay. So it had the body, he was able to fill it, and it's a I mean, it's a fun. It's a journeyman. Does he have out of Michigan a uh, makeshift uh, rack house? He built himself a cart okay. for it to sit on, All so right. he could move it with wheels. Yeah, awesome. Put it under his Rick house. What did I say? Rack house. Rick house. Yeah. Well, he's just got one. That's so. awesome. And you know, his wife loved the fact that he um, had to hydrate it in the bathtub in their in their <laughs> in their master bedroom. So. That's I mean, a, if you had that going on in your basement or wherever he's got it stored, I mean, how hard would it be to just avoid not going down and smelling it every day? I know. You know, wouldn't you just be so tempted just to... Yeah. He said He said it's like, all tight and looking good. So we'll wait you, another when year. Do you, when do you pull that nail? Every I, three months? Every I nine months? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'll ask him. Okay. We've uh, good stuff. Yeah. Hopefully good to be we back. Uh, hopefully we didn't lose all our listeners, but this was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Cheers.